Hi, it's Jonathan Williams back again at the Bricks and Mortar podcast. Bricks and Mortar podcast, well, that's a podcast about property. If you've got an interest in buying, selling, investing or renting in property, then as usual, I'm hoping to float your boat and light your candle. It's been a week or so since I have done a podcast and you know what? We're still trying to look out for interviews. I'm trying to get my head around Skype. I know that I've done all my interviews on a face-to-face basis, but I think in order to try and broaden the amount of people that we are trying to interview, I really am going to get my head around Skype. It's not so much that I don't know what Skype's all about, it's just trying to get it recorded. That's the thing that I need to get my head around. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks I'll be able to do that and then we can get some more interviews in the can. I'll tell you where I'm at today I'm in the mobile studios and I'm sitting outside Grangemouth Stadium. You'll be wondering what the hell are you doing outside Grangemouth Stadium? Well it's athletic season isn't it? So we've knocked the the hockey on the head and we're now starting this year's athletics season. And as with all starts to the athletic season it's pushing down with rain and it's bloody cold. So goodness knows how number two, who's competing here today, is gonna get on in the high jump. You can imagine she's doing the high jump, it's pushing down with rain, and every time she's gonna do a jump, she's just gonna get her back absolutely soaked. So God love her. Um, I can't think that she's gonna be jumping too high today, but we'll just see how we get on. We've just had Easter Sunday, I've been doing the latter. Yes, I've been doing the water. I've been down to see my old dear in Millport. She's been down there for 20, 25 years. And uh, always good to catch up with her and my sister and their little boy, Sean. I talked there about high jump and uh, Emma's keen on her high jump. I tell you what, the state agents, there for the high jump. That's what today's show is going to be all about. I am currently thinking of selling a property down on the west coast of Scotland uh, at a place called Macrahanish. We've got a big rambling old five bedroom a property down there that we've owned for about seven or eight years. We bought it on the basis that the kids would love. We're right next to the golf course, right next to the beach as well. And what an ideal setting for the kids and some summer holidays. But now the kids are 13 and 15 and they're not so interested in uh, paddling in the freezing cold water of the west of Scotland. And it's it's been a bit of a, a difficulty trying to persuade them to get down and uh, and use the property. And so we've decided, you know what, our money could be spent spent better and used better and we're going to put it on the market. So this week's show is very much all about the trials and tribulations that I've had in getting the property on the market. And I think over the next weeks or so, what I'll do is I'll give you a consumer's guide on an estate agent. Obviously, as a solicitor and mortgage broker, I deal with the estate agents in a professional capacity on a day-to-day basis. I tell you what, it has been one hell of an eye-opener as a client. So if you're selling a property, 
this one will be for you and let's get started it's all about the estate agents pick up the bloody phone Okay, we're talking estate agents this time, and what I don't want this to dissolve into is some sort of rant about estate agents. It really, what's been very interested in, in rather, what's been very interesting in doing this whole process is that it's made me analyse how I'm perceived in a professional capacity and the service that I'm offering clients. It's all very well when you're doing your job and in your professional capacity uh, and you're ducking and diving, wheeling and dealing with the professionals in the property space. But you really don't. And yes, you ask for client feedback, etc. and testimonials. But there's nothing better than being a client yourself and you get a real nuts and bolts experience of what is on offer out there and what that's led me to do is to reappraise how I handle clients, how I deal with clients, how I'm perceived. So as I say I don't want this to to end up into some sort of rant about estate agents um, and I really want this to be as um, positive as possible. So listen let's kick off estate agents Again, what I would say to you is that I've not sold a property probably for about mm, 10 years or so. And whilst I'm in the property space buying and selling properties on a daily basis, I haven't been a client of an estate agent. So I guess when I last sold a property, we were sort of on the cusp of the internet uh, side of things, Um, internet marketing. We still had the glossy brochures back in the day and internet was just a sort of fledgling kind of thing these days of course it's completely changed and now I I don't know whether or not you produce brochures anymore I have to say Um, everything is done on the internet um, and brochures uh, are, are seem to be a thing of the past but I tell you what is not a thing of the past is picking up the phone and talking to your client that is still an absolute must and I'm going to talk about three things here I'm going to talk about building rapport I'm going to talk about the elevator pitch and I'm going to talk about speaking to clients so let's kick off let's talk about selling a property where we're at is we've got a property in uh, Macrahanish it's a fantastic location though I say it myself we're overlooking the 18th green it's a rambling five bedroom property Uh, it will suit certainly holiday makers. I'm not wholly convinced that the good people of Campbelltown will be buying my property and to that end I think if we are going to market or when we market it it may well be that we'll use an out-of-town estate agent. So first things first I've got to look at getting a home report. I don't really want to get the home report until I've got some sort of indication on valuation the home report's likely to be done by DM Hall. They do all of the West Coast stuff. They're based in Oban and pretty much that's the pick of a very, very small bunch of one. So I've got that in the background. I can get them organised at any time. Next, I've done a 
precondition home report. Robin Nicholl, who I know through the BNI, he's got a company called Argen, A-R-J-E-N. And I have to say, if you're at all thinking of selling your property, then that would be a good company to give a shout out to because they will go out, they will do a, a full precy of the condition of your property and they will then advise you what needs to get done in order to convert those nasty threes into ones. If you've got a home report with a stack of threes, then it's not going to be as marketable as something that has got lots of ones. So that's your precondition report. The condition report is, there's no cost to that. Obviously, if he finds that there are problems uh, that need resolve to convert your threes and twos into ones, then you're gonna have to shell out some coin to get that done. So that's the first two things, home report and then precondition report. What I'm talking about today is the valuation. What I want to do is I want to get an understanding of what the property is valued at before I really take it any further. We bought the property seven or eight years ago just on the cusp of the crash. I thought we got a reasonably good deal uh, and it's going to be interesting just to see if the property hopefully over the last seven or eight years has actually increased in value. So it's all valuation. Now I appreciate that the type of prop the type of purchaser that's going to be buying the property is probably going to be somebody who's out of town, probably going to buy it like I did for a, a family holiday retreat. It certainly has got an ability to create a very good income from the uh, from the holiday lets and I think that's probably what's going to, to go for and say it's right next to the golf course it's overlooking the beach and I think yeah I, I do think that uh, the Campbelltown folk aren't going to be so interested in my property so I have decided in the first instance to look at three local agents uh, and obviously just bear that in mind so I did what everybody does, I phoned the local agents up and I asked them to come out and just do a valuation, bog standard valuation, Let's and bear in mind that this is the first conversation that I've had with these people, I'm selling a property that we bought back as I say in 2007, 2008 for 250 grand, so it's a fairly substantial piece of real estate in the Campbelltown market. rapport. Now, I've been a solicitor for 20-25 years um, and although people wouldn't like to think of it, ultimately my role in residential conveyancing has, has almost been one of sales, trying to convert a funnel, leads, prospects into clients and all about, and that really is all about trying to create a relationship because if you can create a relationship then you're going to have a foundation for a long-term client if you can't establish that relationship then you're not going to get the work so for me when I am trying to persuade a client to use my services a relationship as is the foundation the bedrock of what I'm trying to to achieve. 
and I thought that that would be obviously the same as far as the estate agents are concerned. So in building a relationship, you've got to create trust. And before you relate trust, uh, create trust, then you've got to create a rapport. A rapport is the first base one, okay? It's the first base that you've got to get to in order to strike a home run with regards to the relationship. But what I, of the three estate agents that I spoke to, one, only one, made any sort of effort to create and establish some sort of rapport. And even then, it felt stilted and almost forced. And I thought to myself, you know, it's a big property. It's a property that one would have thought any estate agent in Kintyre would be really pleased to get on their books. And I thought they would at least want to take some sort of interest in my little life, um, or at least feign some interest in my little life, but only one of them did. All the others had just taken my name, taken my details, uh, and made an appointment. You know what? I'm not interested in that. I want to f feel the love, so to speak. And, you know, if they're feigning it, or they're disingenuous, at least if they make some sort of bloody effort, then they're more likely, for me anyway, to get, to get the business. You know, just saying name, address, serial number, what's that all about? Just, I couldn't get it, I couldn't get it. So that's the rapport. I think rapport is absolutely key. I think if you can't get the rapport, then, you know, what game are you in? You shouldn't be trying to sell property as far as I'm concerned. So we got the three. They're going out, okay, and uh, they're coming back to me with some prices. But before we talk about the second part uh, the elevator pitch. Interesting that I got a phone call back from one of them and they said, uh, Mr. Williams, Mr. Williams, um, uh, Rothmar, I, 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 you gave me the password, the pass uh, code, but um, it, it was an incorrect one. Uh, I was like, what? I don't know what the passcode is. I gave you the right passcode. No, no, I typed it in, blah, blah, blah. Um, right. And I said, I, I think you've been to the wrong property. There's a Rothmar East and a Rothmar West. I told you to go out to Rothmar West. As you're looking from the golf course, it's the one on the right-hand side. And there was this pregnant pause. And then the estate agent came back and said, mm, I think I've been to the wrong property. Not a good start, I have to say. Not a good start. So listen, let's get back to elevator pitch. I'm sure if you're in sales, you've all got elevator pitches, okay? It's your 30 seconds to try and sell your business to the best of your capabilities. And I would have thought that the estate agents would have an elevator pitch down pat. This is what we're going to provide. We're going to do brochures. We're going to go on Rightmove. We're on Zoopla. This is the cost, etc., etc. But one of the estate agents came back to me and it was like drawing teeth. I had to ask them all the questions. It was almost as if it was I was an inconvenience to them. I just, I, I, 
I couldn't understand it. Could not understand it at all. I think, for goodness sake, you've got to know what you're selling because there's going to be competition there in the market. But this, this, this woman... I tell you, it was like a game... I was going to say it was like a game of cat and mouse. I think it was probably more like a game of cat. Because I just had to ask all the questions. How much were they going to charge? Was there a cancellation fee? Who they were going to be marketing with? I mean, for goodness sake, I'm not the one who's trying to sell the service. And to cap it all off, she came on the phone and she asked me what I thought the property was worth. Hello, wake up. I'm the one who's wanting to sell the property. You're the one who knows what the value is. Why should I have to tell you what I think the property's worth? Oh, it's just... Let's move on. Let's move on. So we've done rapport. We've done elevator pitch. Pick up the damn phone. Please, for goodness sake, pick up the phone. So... Where we're at at the moment, I've got two out of the three costings. The first lady phoned me up, and that was the woman who had the, the game of cat. The second one didn't even bother to phone me. Just sent me an email with her, obviously just a, a pre-populated email, saying what the property was worth, and then extolling the virtues. Things like, you will get a glossy brochure. I'm thinking, hold on here. We're not. I'm not buying the property seven or eight years ago. I think, I think brochures were the thing to do these days. But not to phone me. I mean, how can you create a relationship without phoning somebody? That's not going to work, is it? And to think that I'm going to instruct a firm who doesn't have the temerity to pick up the phone and try and engage with me, I'm thinking it's all wrong. It's all it's all wrong. So anyway, that's where we're at. I, I do fear that this has come across as a bit of a rant. <laughs> and I do apologise if that's the case. As I say, what I want to try and do is take something for this so that you know the right questions to ask if you're ever involved in selling a property. But also, if you're in sales and you have to instruct somebody as a client, use it as an opportunity for you to look at your own business, to see where you could be improving, to see what you could do better. Because really, you know what? We can all improve. We can all improve. I'm going to come back over the next couple of weeks and tell you about how things are going with regards to the sale. But that's the first of finding an estate agent. Okay, listen, that's the rant over. I honestly didn't want that to, to come over, come across as a bit of a rant, but I fear that uh, I may well have failed um, completely as far as that's concerned. At the start of the podcast, I'd mentioned that that was the end of the hockey season. Number two, in fact, has done pretty well in the, uh, the district side of things. She's made the, I suppose, the squad selection 
where they'll pick 25 kids and they'll whittle that down to probably a team of 16. So she's got about three trial squad sessions uh, to see if she can make the, the the squad for the under 14. So that's really good. And number one, well, what's she up to? Well, she's studying her Nat 5s. She's got a number of Nat 5s to look at. She's in fourth year. And this is the first lot of external exams. So she has not had the best of Easter holidays, I have to say. Her head's been in the books and she has been, I think, doing very well. Uh, very much take the view that, you know, I think she's self-motivated enough to need a prod now and again. Did She did okay with her prelims um, and we'll just need to see how we get on. There seems to be so much pressure put on them now with regards to what were the old grades, the standard grades and the Nat 5s. And, uh, you know, looking back, obviously with rose-tinted glasses, they're obviously important, but it's surely it's just a precursor to the more important exams for, for next year. But let's see how she gets on. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up. Looking at the, the rain, uh, Emma's just about to start her high jump. Before I go, I was just going to give you an update as to where we're at with the old BNI and my education convener slot. Last week, what we did with the BNI is I am running a series of uh, the power of seven being the seven important habits that you need to be aware of when you're going out to networking. Um, we're on to number three. I think over the next couple of weeks, what I'll do is I'll just replicate what I've said in these educational slots. And the one about the networking was all about proactive listening. I've battered on, haven't I, long and hard about building up rapport. And that's the first stage in creating a relationship. And rapport is absolutely vital. And really what you've got to do when you're at these networking events is to try and build up that rapport and do it as quickly as possible. And one of the best ways of doing that is by coming across as being interested rather than interesting. So you need to pack away your ego and come across as being interested in the person that you're speaking to. Because I think if you show some interest to that person that you're speaking to, they're more likely to like you. And then that's the first step in building the rapport and then on to trust and then relationship. But you need to do your proactive listening. You need to come across as if you're interested in them. And I know sometimes you go to these things and you, you pick the wrong person to speak to and they just bore the living daylights out of you. But have you ever thought that that might be because you're actually not interested in them and you haven't asked the right questions to bring them out of their shell? So if you get a bad uh, interaction at a networking event, don't blame it on the other person. Maybe look a little bit closer to home and look at you and see exactly what you did or probably didn't do. Did you start looking around the room? Did you not ask the right questions? Did you stick your hands in your pockets and start looking at your shoes? Did you make no effort? Could you not be arsed? Well, listen, how the hell do you think you're going to get on in networking if you're not going to be making an effort? So listen, there's three things you need to look at. First one is nod and make eye contact. 
Now don't be a Churchill dog and and just nod like you're some sort of loony. No, just make it sparing, but for goodness sake, look the person in the eye and just do come across as if you are interested. The next thing is all about proactive listening and what you need to be doing is you really need to be in a situation that if in five minutes later you could then recount what you spoke about with that particular networking colleague, okay? And that's the crux of it. You need to be able, in five minutes time, to be able to say to somebody, this is what we spoke about, okay? So stick the listening ears on and be proactive. The third, and this is the cardinal sin, is to look around to see if there's somebody more interesting. Because as soon as you start doing that, then it's curtains. And the reason why you're doing that is because you've probably not asked the right questions. So listen, stick your hands up and ask your question. Because if you can interrupt them or interject by raising a hand, then what you can then do is get them fired up with better questions that you're going to ask. So those are the three things. Not to make the eye contact, ensure that you can recount, and also the cardinal sin, make sure that you don't look around looking for somebody who's more important. Listen, I hear the announcer in the background just about to flag up that the high jump is about to start. So I'm going to hightail it out of the mobile studios and we'll catch you on the other side. Again, please do keep listening to the Bricks and Mortar podcast. It is your property podcast. Do get in touch with me if you'd like an interview. The Bricks and Mortar podcast, it's a sideways look at property.